0: News Hub rugby reporter Ollie Ritchie, the man solely responsible actually uh, for landing my Super Rugby multi over the weekend, joins us on the phone now. Ollie, great to have you on the line. Congratulations first and foremost uh, for your successful picks for the weekend.
1: Yeah, thank you very well. Congratulations to you. You're the one who trusted me to put the multi down for you, so uh, go, go and spend it wisely.
0: <laughs> I'll be spending it on the coffee account in no time uh, now we've been talking this morning of course all things super rugby uh, so let's start with that Ollie the first round would you call that one a success in your books as far as opening rounds of super rugby go
1: yeah I definitely would I thought it was excellent excellent rugby um, I thought the way it was refereed uh, was was really good uh, not a lot of TMO intervention at all in fact I think Really only in the Reds-Waratahs <clears throat> game uh, last night was the first sign of any real TMO intervention, um, and that was because it was asked for. So, no, I thought it was good. It was fast-paced, up-tempo, skill level was high. And, and you do get that at this time of year, right? It's, it's still summer, so it's still warm, dry ball, um, dry underfoot. But I thought the, the quality of rugby across the board was, was excellent and a really good start for the competition.
0: Who would you say impressed you the most?
1: Um, well, for, for 40 minutes, the cheeks, Um But <laughs> overall, uh, probably the Blues. Um, you know, I thought they were excellent against what is a very tough Fiji and Drua side. You know, their first hit out with, uh, with a new coaching group at the helm there. I thought Caleb Clark was, uh, again, excellent as he was. Um, as he was during the pre-season as well. He's come back looking in really good shape, looking really fit. So I was really impressed across the board by the Blues. I was really impressed by Moana Pacifica as well. Marsha, I know you were calling that game last night. I thought I saw a great improvement in that team in one game already uh, compared to what we saw last year, I think. Uh, the influence of Stephen Jones on, on the attack of Moana Pacifica is quite evident. So, uh, you know, they didn't get the win against the Highlanders, but there are really good signs for that group uh, to build on this year. And, and yeah, like I said at the start, the Chiefs, excellent for 40 minutes, just dropped off the boil uh, a little bit in the second half, but had done enough uh, to, to win that game. So there'll be good
2: signs there as well. Yeah. Hey, Ollie. Thanks. Thanks for joining us, mate. Good. Good to have you on the show. Uh, yeah, I did. See significant improvement, like you said in Moana Pacifica, which is, which is really encouraging. Um, the Drua, you know, they 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 they're a side that obviously can get get to the finals, which they showed last year. But it's really interesting that they comprehensively got beaten. And what would be you you would consider, wouldn't you, kind of their closest to home conditions they could get up north in the sunshine with the, with the sun on their back. So it leads on to my question: like, what we want for this competition is we want contests every week. Do you see enough improvement in those sides that they can compete with the New Zealand sides and particularly from what you saw over the Australian sides at the weekend, given that the force got smacked by the Hurricanes?
1: Yeah, I think there'll be improvement and I think they'll be able to match it, Marshall, you're right. The Fiji and Drew are, are a different side when they're at home, right? And we've seen them tip up the best New Zealand side the, You know, the Crusaders went there and got beaten last year. Um, and, and early on in, in Whangarei, it was the drewer playing a lot, of the, a lot of the rugby. But when they didn't have ball in hand, the Blues just ran away with it. So I think they need to find a way when they do have ball in hand to start converting that pressure that they can build into points. And if they can't do that, it's going to be a really long season for them. I thought, yeah, like we talked about, the, the improvement from Moana, there was enough in that game there uh, to tell me they, they can be competitive With particularly the Australian sides. You know, there's still going to be a gap to the top Kiwi sides, but I think the way they really had the Highlanders on the ropes for a lot of that match, had the lead at half time. Um, I thought William Haveli was was excellent at first five uh, for Moana yesterday. So if they can build on those sorts of performances, I think they're going to give uh, particularly the Australian sides um, a a lot of headaches.
2: Yeah, valid point. You've seen enough rugby. it's not been quite um, recent since we've had to look at a real significant change in our nine ten jerseys for the All Blacks. Uh, and I wanted to get your thoughts on both positions, really, on what you saw. So no Aaron Smith, no Richie Moonga, Bowden Barrett on a sabbatical. There's some big opportunities out there uh, to see where our next level of player is. Uh, what did you make of the performances of some of those Contenders, You know, Whakatawa back, and he's now got the responsibility. Uh, you know, you look at Finley Christie, probably the, the incumbent, Roygaard, was off the bench, and then you know, the likes of McKenzie and co, and, and Peter Feta. What, what did you make of all of their performances first up?
1: Well, I thought if, if we start at um, if we start at halfback, you know, I thought we probably didn't see enough of Cam Roygaard to, to to really move the needle, and that game against the Force and the game was really buried, wasn't it? But you know, you'd expect him and Finlay Christie as the incumbents to still be there. I thought Falao Pakatava uh, was good for the Highlanders. Of course, that you know that kind of miracle pass out the back door, sort of reminiscent of Marshy uh, in the early 2000s, wasn't it? That that was that was pretty special stuff. So look. I think there's an opportunity, particularly at half-back, for that third spot, right? You're likely to see Christie, you're likely to see Roy Guard back in there. If Salah Fakatava can build on those sorts of performances, um, I think he's going to be riding with a sniff. I'm a big fan of Kortiz Ratama up at the Chiefs as well. I know he was limited in his game time uh, off the bench, and, and the, the smart-mouth guards really sort of dictated what Clayton McMillan did with his bench. So it got a little bit messy towards the end, but... I think if we can see a big season out of someone like him, there's room for a bolter uh, at halfback. Someone like Artema, a big fan of Noah Hotham at the Crusaders as well. Possibly a bit too young uh, or a bit too soon for him, but I like the potential that he has uh, in his game. At first five, I thought Damien was was excellent again. I mean, he's the guy that really deserves that first crack, isn't he? He's been there before. He's been in that all-black environment. He's starting to get settled at first five, and he's going to have another consistent season, playing at first five. So, you know, he, he was great for the Chiefs until he, he got smacked in the ribs and, and forced off. So I would think that, you know, I saw enough out of Damien McKenzie uh, already and, and knowing what we already know about his talent and skill set um, that I think he's going to get a really good opportunity to cement himself as the All Blacks 10.
0: And Ollie, when it comes to players that people were focused on going to this round, I think another name that we haven't actually mentioned on the show yet uh, is one Julian Savia who, of course, is turning out in the 12 jersey for Moana Pacifica. What did you make of his performance?
1: Um, OK. I thought he was a little bit scratchy at times. Had to try to force a couple of passes that, that weren't really there and, um, you know, sort of tried to throw a pass uh, once they got kicked through by Reese Patchell and, um, you know, the dead ball line just sort of won the race because if he was, if Reece was, um, you know, a little quicker, that could have been another try to the Highlanders. So probably tried to force it a, a, a couple of times, but... But also had a big presence. He, you know, he beat the first defender on several occasions, and and was a big ball carrier for Moana and someone they looked to use to get over that gain line uh, quite often. So, um, you know, he he was okay. He settled into the game a little bit. He, he was a little bit scratchy at times. But again, you know, the more time he gets at the second five, um, he'll build into that role with Moana, and he could really turn into it quite the potent attacking threat for that side, especially if they can generate that front foot ball because he is so powerful still uh, with ball
2: in hand. You've touched on the big game in Hamilton. Uh, you rightly alluded to the fact that, you know, the Chiefs looked to be in good rhythm, but when they needed to, the Crusaders, with their experience, their nows, and you'd have to say to a degree, good coaching from Rob Penny recognising the game was drifting the wrong way some substitutes that came on and the Crusaders tightened the game up. Um, I, I suspected that the Chiefs would win that game quite comfortably, but in the end, it could have gone either way. Any worry, worrying concerns for Chiefs supporters that they, they had to make such hard work of it against the Crusaders' side that it was a little bit underpowered?
1: Yeah, possibly, Marshy. But I, I also think that you know a lot of people w- w- have been very quick to write off the Crusaders this year. And you can understand why you lose Scott Robertson, you lose Richie Mohunga, you lose Sam Whitelock, you lose Jack That Those are big, big players um, to lose. So you can understand why. But I, but I also think they just showed the Crusaders, sort of showed their class in that second half. And you're right, Rob Penny made the right substitutes at the right time Rivers Rayahana built into the game he was probably a little bit nervous early on but he sort of found his rhythm a little bit Scott Barrett excellent once again so I thought the Crusaders actually turned the screws at halftime but you're right I I think the Chiefs and and you could get the sense from Clayton McMillan talking to him afterwards they should have buried that game they were in a position to absolutely Mm. bury the Crusaders and they couldn't go on with it so I think you're right I think that the, that the Chiefs will look at that second half and think, what went wrong in that second 40 minutes? Because if you look at the first half, they were all over the Crusaders. They were playing brilliant rugby, good attacking rugby. They were in cruise control, uh, essentially. So I think there are a couple of concerns there that they couldn't bury that game because they had... Um, They had the position, they had the scoreboard pressure, they should have buried that game. Um, Damien McKenzie going off with a a big loss for them, don't get me wrong, but from the position that they were in, um, it it shouldn't have got as close as it did. But you have to give credit to the Crusaders, They, they built into that second half very nicely.
0: When it comes as well, and you both touched on, on some of the coaching changes there with Scott Robertson gone at the Crusaders, obviously Rob Penny coming in. He's not the only uh, new coach, of course, in the mix. Clark Laidlaw as well at the Canes. Uh, Vern Cotter at the Blues as well. Is there anything, do you think, that we've been able to glean about what this new era in coaching, so to speak, for these teams uh, might look like at this stage, this early on in the season? What, what was your take on those new coaches and, and the jobs that they have done so far? Yeah, re-
1: really solid first outing. I, I think it'd be fair to say, you know, like Rob Penny is an experienced, ex- he is a very experienced coach, and he knows he knows Canterbury rugby, and, and he and he managed his bench quite well. He he put the reinforcements on when he when he needed to. I don't think he probably envisaged putting Owen Franks on after ten minutes. But shit, didn't he get a great didn't he get a great return out of Owen Frank's yeah, the veteran. I mean he, he you know, yeah. two or three scrum penalties that he won for the Crusaders. It was you know, he's like he turned back the clock five or six years. So, you know, that'll be uh, really comforting for the Crusaders knowing that they can bring a guy like that on with that sort of experience and he can really help lift the game. Um, you're going you're gonna expect um, the Blues under Vern Cotter to to really take it to them up front. He's, he's kind of built that culture over his coaching tenure of, of really hard-nosed, hard-edged rugby. So, you know, that'll be good for, I think, players like Hoskins Satutu Akira Ioane, um, who has sort of fallen off the radar in the past couple of years of, um, if they can start to make a menace of themselves in and around that, that breakdown, um, it could be a big year for them. And yeah, yeah, it's sort of hard to read into what Clark Laidlaw was able to do with the Hurricanes because they would sort of blown the, the force off the park um, by half time, really. But, you know, it, it could have been a banana skin game over in Perth, and, and it often can be for teams. Um, so he'll be very pleased that they were able to get the job
2: done pretty comfortably. <sighs> Okay, mate, we have to go there. we better take our blinkers off and um, look outside of the New Zealand teams. Uh, It's mandatory (laughs) that we have to talk about the Aussies. (laughs) What did you make of the the sides that turned out this weekend? The Brumbies looked to just be in canter mode, really, didn't they? They they never looked like they were going to to lose that game. But obviously the the, the ding-dong battle between the Waratahs and the Reds um, and equally obviously the force got, like I said, smacked um any any signs there do you think super round next weekend all in melbourne so all on australian soil that there could be any upsets when the aussie teams match up against the kiwi teams not all of them do match up but in some of the battles i think the hurricanes have got the brumbies haven't they so yeah it should be interesting but what do you what do you think they look like so far after round 1 yeah and i
1: think again you expect the brumbies to be the front runner for the Australian side, and I think they will be. Um, how much do you take out of that game against the Rebels that who just look clueless, you know? And it's been such a tough year for that for that team so far. Mm. Um, Likely playing in their last season of Super Rugby, they they were just at all sorts. Um, and when you're coming up against a team as good as the Brumbies, um, that's that's not going to do it. So yeah, I think the Brumbies look look really good. I was impressed with the way the Reds built into that game last night. It was absolutely hosing down. Uh, in Brisbane and, and you know in that one of those traditional sort of New South Wales Queensland derbies um, the, the Waratahs were, were right up for it um, they were right up for it but I think there was a real sense of calmness and composure about the, the way the Reds went about their business Harry Wilson was, was excellent for them I thought Tate McDermott had a great game at halfback as well and they just slowly ground down the Waratahs they trusted their game they knew they had Uh, the right game plan and the skill set to be able to put that game away. And and eventually they did. So it probably took them a little longer than than they would have liked. But, you know, they got home uh, by 18 points in the end. and, And I think that there were some really good signs out of the Reds that they could trouble some teams. So if you look ahead to the Super Round, the Reds face the Hurricanes on Sunday. That could be a real chance for the Reds to, to say hey, we are here, we can we can be a real force in this competition. If they can knock over the Canes uh, in Melbourne, the game of the round easily is, is Chiefs versus Brumbies. You know, Top New Zealand side versus top Australian side. So that'll be a real war of attrition, I think. And like I say, Clayton McMillan will be reflecting on particularly that second half in Hamilton um, because they're not going to be able to fall off the boil twice in a row. The Brumbies will punish them if they do. So I think after that first round, yeah, again, the Brumbies, as they always are. But I, I was impressed with with some of what I saw out of the Reds as well. I think they could give some teams some headaches this year.
2: Bloody hell. Nothing worse than having a TV journalist sports aficionado <laughs> who proves me wrong straight away because he's already done his research <laughs> for round two. Reds, red, red Hurricanes. God damn it. I'll, I'll learn my lesson <laughs> big time, mate. Really, really appreciate you coming on the show, though. Thank you. Hey, no, happy to help Marsha
1: Look, there's a lot of teams, it's super round It's early on a Sunday morning You were working late last (laughs) night, I can understand how that's happened